living God rest on us, Lord. And not only rest on us, God, but, but come into us, Lord. Breathe your breath of life and make our souls come alive. Restore the joy of our salvation to us, Lord, and bring about a great revival in this time, Lord. Something that, that, that wasn't done before. Something new, God. I just believe you're ready to do something new in 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. said, hey, you stay at home, and uh, we don't want any of the gifts that you might want to bring to us, and so we just we just said, you do that, and, and we'll handle it from here. So I am uh, uh, here by default, but nonetheless, it is a privilege and an honor for me to be able to speak with you today, and as we begin the, the uh, first sermon uh, series for uh, 2022, so no pressure on me, right? So this kind of like sets the whole stage for the whole year, right here. So we're just going to lay it out here. We're going to make it happen. But I am so excited that uh, to, to be here with you. And we're going to begin a series called Return. Return. And that's going to be over the next uh, several weeks. And uh, we're going to be talking about that. And, and it's really this uh, tagline uh, for the series is this, connecting with God's heart. And that's what we want to do. We want to return uh, to connecting with God's heart. So if you have your Bibles today, we're going to be looking at two passages of Scripture. One in the Old Testament, say old school. All right, so we're going old school just temporarily. It's just a short old school trip. And then we'll uh, fast forward back into the New Testament. So our old school, Old Testament uh, verse is out of Hosea uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Hosea 6, verse 1. And then we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. So if you have your Bible, smart device, or the bridge app, you can follow along in any of those uh, places as well. So out of Hosea chapter 6, verse 1, we're really going to just read a portion of a verse. And this becomes what we call kind of the series uh, verse uh, for the whole series. So it's kind of a, our, our anchor verse, if you will. Uh, and it says this, Hosea says this, he says, come, let us return to the Lord. Come, let us return to the Lord. Let's say that together. Come, let us return to the Lord. And so over in Acts chapter 3, Peter is speaking. There's been a, a great miracle. Peter and John were on their way to the temple. And so uh, as they were up, there was a, a, a beggar who was uh, lame and had the, uh, was begging for arm, alms. And so he was unable to walk. And so there's a great miracle that Peter and John did there. Uh, the man stood up and was able to walk again. And so there was a crowd that began to gather around Peter and John. And so uh, Peter, not wanting to miss an opportunity to to preach the gospel uh, and began to speak. And so this is what Peter said to the crowd that had gathered around him. We're going to pick up in, in verse 19 and read through verse 20. And he says this, Repent, then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. And so we're going to look just for a few minutes at that first verse there in verse 19, really, where he says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had the experience of forgetting something? Have you ever had the uh, experience of forgetting something and then having to go back and get it? Yeah. Isn't it kind of aggravating? I mean... You might have uh, maybe forgotten your purse and had to turn around and go get the purse, maybe a wallet. Uh, maybe you forgot a kid. 
Maybe, you know, just say, hey, let me go back. I do, you know, value my kids. Let me go get them, put them in the car. Uh, that kind of thing. Maybe you forgot something really important like your cell phone. Right? Had to go back and get that. You know, so there's different things that happen in life where we uh, uh, have to go back and, and pick something up. And so uh, I recently had this experience back on the 23rd of December where um, we had been out here at the outdoor event uh, for the Christmas event. And uh, my son and I, we, we got here at 8 in the morning to help set up. And then, so it's after 9 o'clock. And so uh, on the way uh, home, we were like two-thirds of the way home. Like Because I, I kind of know two-thirds of the way home, and, and so we were two-thirds of the way home, and we were driving along, and Nathan goes, oh, Dad, I forgot my uh, change of clothes and stuff in your office. I said, no problem, we'll get them later, right? Had no value to me. And then he goes, well, it has my wallet in it. That's all right, we'll get it later, because it had no value to me, right? He says, but it has my driver's license in it, and it still didn't have any value to me until I remembered if he doesn't have his license, Dad's going to have to be driving this guy around for the next three or four days. And so I found the nearest uh, road that I could turn or you turn, and I came back and got it because it wasn't until something became valuable to me that I was willing to go back and get it. And a lot of times in our spiritual walk and in, in, in life, there are times that we forget God. And there are times that we maybe intentionally walk away from God. Like we see over in Luke 15 where the prodigal son uh, walks away from his father, where he walks away from his father's household. And he says, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to try it my way. And so he intentionally leaves God. Uh, but then there may be times like we see over in Hebrews chapter 6 where it's maybe more like a drifting, an unintentional drifting away uh, that we begin to, to move away from God. And we, and we don't recognize that we've done it. And, and you know, life and, and, and things begin to slowly cause us to, to drift away or to move away from God. And, and it's not until we, like the prodigal son, we come to our senses. Sometimes we need to come to our senses and turn around and come back. Come back to the Father's house. Because how many of you recognize in the Father's house... There is provision. In the Father's house, there's blessing. In the Father's house, there's grace and forgiveness. In the Father's house, there's protection. Everything that you need can be found in the Father's house. And so sometimes we, we, we walk away like the, the prodigal son. And, and if you go and read that, and this is the message on the prodigal son, but I was just kind of thinking about that as I was preparing, that the prodigal son got to the point that he was so hungry that he was willing to almost start eating what they called the slop up for the hogs as he was feeding the hogs. And sometimes I wonder in life how much of the world's slop do we end up taking and at some point we need to turn and, and just begin to leave that stuff behind and do as the sermon series calls, return. And we just need to return to God. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here. That's what really the uh, series is, a, is about over the next couple of weeks. Our theme for 2022 at Bridge Church is this theme of return. We just believe that this is a year of returning to God. It's a, it's a year of, of, of not pursuing and chasing other things and after uh, all sorts of uh, other uh, desires that, that, that may be good but are not God. Right? And so we just want to say, God, we are returning to you. 
we're hungering for you and we're thirsting for you. And so this word return is used throughout the scripture. And so it's really kind of this, this idea that, that God hasn't left us. How many of you know God sticks closer than a brother? God's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave you behind. But it's this idea that, that the nation of Israel or that, that people who follow Christ at times walk away from him, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And so that's that returning. And so, so Peter here in our text, in, in verse 19, he's beginning to, to have this conversation with the crowd, and he's saying, repent. The word repent there means to have a change of mind. That we need to change our mind and our thinking. And what does he say? He's saying, repent from your sins. And so there's this, this, we need to repent. We need to have a change of mind, a thought process of what our sin is and how ugly our sin is how ungodly our sin is, and how holy God is. And so he says, repent and turn to God. And actually, the literal, in, in, in the Greek in that word turn, it says, turn again. And so in other words, there was a point where Israel was walking with God or had been focused on God, but that Peter has to remind them, hey, you need to repent and turn again back to God. And so as a, as a church, one of the ways that that we feel like we are, uh, it's necessary for us to return to God is through the area of fasting. And as uh, Tamara mentioned just a few moments ago, tomorrow we started a uh, 21 day of prayer and fasting. And so we want to take that time of prayer and fasting and just begin to set our attention and our focus towards God. We want to return to God. You know, I've been, uh, had the privilege of being uh, here uh, at Bridge for a number of years. I don't even know. It's, it's 20 plus whatever. Uh, I started kind of as a volunteer uh, serving here and uh, opportunity came to, to come on staff. And so uh, I, I've, I've never looked back, but over the uh, 24 years that Bridge has been in existence, this 21 day fast has been there as long as I can remember. I think it's there from the very beginning, even before I was on, on staff as a, as a volunteer. We've, we've done this as a church. And I believe this, this 21 days of prayer and fasting has been a catalyst for us moving forward in each and every year. That what God has for us, what things may come our way, that God really prepares our hearts and our spirit during this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we really want you uh, to come along on this journey with us. We believe it's a journey. It's a spiritual journey. We're all on a spiritual journey. Some of us are at different uh, parts of the path on this journey, but we want you to come along in the next 21 days, and we want you to think of something uh, genuinely that you can say, I can, I can, I can fast that. I need to fast that because I have a desire to get closer to God. And so that's what we want to do over the next 21 days. And so I invite you just to kind of set aside over, the, over today as we begin tomorrow and set aside something uh, maybe with your spouse or with your kids and say, what is it that, that we can set aside for the next 21 days and that we can pursue God together as a family or as an individual? And let's see what God does over the next 21 days. And so this term fasting may be kind of uh, new to you. Maybe you're not familiar with that or you just thought you were just coming and just going to hear a, a uh, you know, nice little message on, on, uh, on, on the New Year's Sunday. But, but we want to start this, this year out right. And so fasting is this, this idea that really comes out of uh, the Bible and out of Scripture. And what's very interesting about uh, this uh, fasting is really throughout the God's Word, we see how food, hunger, 
and appetite and desire all kind of uh, wrap up into what is often referred to as the spiritual condition of man. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but when you begin to, to research it and begin to look things out, that oftentimes food and analogy, appetite, all of those things are, are a, a metaphor, an analogy for the spiritual condition of a nation or a spiritual condition of an individual. In fact, you can go back to Genesis and you see that, that Adam and Eve had everything that God um, wanted them to have. Everything they had need of was right there inside of that garden. But, but Satan came along and deceived them to, to thinking that there was something that was missing. That there was something spiritual missing in their life. And so he deceived them. And the deception caused a physical action of eating to try to fill a perceived missing spiritual need. And so that's oftentimes the way it is for us. That, is that, that, that there's a spiritual need that is inside of us that can only be filled by God. And yet we try to eat from so many physical things, whether that's food or entertainment or whatever it happens to be, to try to fill an empty void that only God can fill in our lives. And so, so there's this, this analogy throughout Scripture of, of the appetite and the hunger being the spiritual condition of man. You go on a little bit further in Genesis, you may have heard of these two guys, that Esau and Jacob. They were two brothers. Esau was a hunter. He liked to be out in the woods trying to kill the game. Jacob was a cook. He was cooking the game. And so, you know, Esau, the story goes, that was, he was out hunting for uh, food, and, and he didn't find anything. And so he came back so hungry, and he smelled that his brother was in the kitchen cooking Campbell's chicken noodle soup. And so he was in there, and Esau was so hungry, he said, hey, listen. Jacob, I will give you my birthright for some of your chicken noodle soup. And they really didn't have chicken noodle soup. I just have to clear that up in case someone, the kids go home and go, hey, we got chicken noodle soup in the Bible. So, so Esau says, I will sell my birthright to Jacob for some soup. So I will have some stew to eat. And so he gives away his birthright. And and. and for you and I, we probably don't think much about that, but you have to understand the context in which this is taking place. And so Esau was giving up a double portion, which is what the older brother would receive from his father when his father passed away. A double portion of inheritance. So double everything. Think about whatever, you know, so many livestock, he would get double where the, the, the younger son would, would get only uh, a, a, a half or what was left. Uh, so he would get a double portion. Also, Esau gave up uh, uh, the priestly right that oftentimes came with the oldest son when he stepped in and took his father's place. He became sort of the, the priest of the home, the, the spiritual advisor, if you will, for the household. And he also uh, set aside judicial authority because as the head of the house or as he raised up at a, in the home, he would be responsible for making decisions. So Esau was willing to give all of that inheritance away to fulfill an appetite, to fulfill something physical. Now, before we kind of uh, throw stones at old Esau for doing that, how many of us do the same thing? That we give away something of our inheritance for a one-night stand. Oh, how many of us give away time with God and reading His Word and spending time with Him because our favorite TV shows are? And we're willing to we're willing to swap some spiritual inheritance just so we can have a quick physical satisfaction. 
And so fasting and this, and this idea of fasting is, 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 is beginning to, to give up something physical so that I can be filled spiritually. And so we continue on and we see where Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we see where Jesus begins to talk about the leaven within the, the loaves of bread and how important it is to, to watch the leaven, how it works through. And so it's this, this idea of, 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 of thirsting and hungering for, for the things of God and making sure our appetites are for the right thing. And of course, ultimately, we see Jesus on a fast himself where Satan comes and tempts him. And what does he say to Jesus? He said, if you're the son of God, why don't you come? And turn these stones into bread for us. Let's do that. Let, let's have something to eat. It's ironic that Satan comes along and tempts the second Adam, which Jesus is referred to, the same way he tempted the first Adam, with something to eat. And Jesus has to remind Satan, listen, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus was saying, man is not made up of just a physical characteristics. And his life cannot be satisfied by physical things only. You need to eat. We need to eat. We need that's part of it. But really, our life source is Jesus Christ himself, is God himself. Just as Pastor Eric mentioned in the transition that, that, that uh, God came along and breathed into Adam the breath of life. So, so our life is contained or exists within God himself. And so we see this pattern all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament of how uh, the, uh, the spiritual condition of a nation or the spiritual condition of mankind is often related to our appetite and our desires. And so when we talk about fasting, we're really talking about setting aside physical things so that we may be filled with spiritual blessings. And so let me kind of give you a couple things that fasting is not. First of all, fasting is not fast. If you ever fasted, it's not fast. I'm just telling you straight up. Like, I mean, you know, you're like, I can't make it. I can't go another minute. And it's only 9 o'clock on the first day. And you're like, man, this is long, right? If you want time to slow down, go on a fast. Like, if you want your vacation to go long, just, just go on a fast during your vacation. And it, it'll, it'll seem like eternity. And you'll go through it. But fasting is not some kind of a hunger strike for some kind of political reasons, right? We've heard of people in the past doing hunger strikes and, and to try to get the attention and, and draw the attention. We're not trying to get God's attention here. We're not trying to get the government's attention here. We're, it's, it's nothing like that. And, and, and fasting is not about some kind of losing weight. Like, okay, it's just a great way to lose weight at the beginning of the year, so we're just going to call everybody into a fast. It has nothing to do with losing weight. You might lose weight. You probably will lose weight. Well, let me tell you this. I, uh, I'm, I'm just sharing some some of my personal experiences with, with fasting. Is that uh, many years ago, I weighed in, right? I, was, I said, well, let me just see what I weigh. And then afterwards, I'm going to, you know, uh, I weighed at the end of the 21 days. I felt very convicted by the Holy Spirit of doing that. Because throughout the 21 days, it became about some kind of weight loss versus really trying to hear the voice of the Lord in my life. And so I really have, over the years, have learned that I'm not concerned about my physical weight, but I'm concerned about my spiritual weight. There's a glory that comes upon God's people and an anointing and a mantle that God places upon people who seek Him, who hunger and thirst for Him. 
And that's the kind of weight that I want. I don't care if I go up or down on the scales. What I want to know is am I getting heavier in Christ? Is there a weight that's being placed on me? An anointing of uh, 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 the glory of God on my life that I can live this life to the fullest, that I can be an example to those that are around me, that I can, that I can parent well, that I can be a good husband, that I can be a, a good employee, a good employer, that whatever it is that God has called me to, that the weight and the glory of God is on my life because I've learned to tune in to the things of God. So that's what I want. So, so yes, it, 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 you will lose weight, but it's not a, a weight loss program. It's, it's not designed to, to do that. In fact, uh, when, when we really get into fasting, we really begin to move away from fasting physical things to feasting on spiritual things. We move from fasting to feasting. And it's what Jesus, I believe, uh, kind of showed in, in the story at the woman of the well in John 4. You guys re may remember that. There's a lot of great stuff that can be talked about in there, but there's probably like a little part in there that no one ever really pays attention to or ever really thinks about or talks about, but Jesus is talking about the woman of the well, again, talking about a, a, a spiritual thirst that can be satisfied, and so he's talking about that, but as, the, as he's talking to uh, the woman at the well, the disciples had gone away to get food, because they, they were hungry, and they knew that Jesus was hungry, and so there, there's this interesting statement that is said in, in John 4 that Jesus makes to the disciples, and he says this, when the disciples come back, they say, hey, listen, Jesus, you need to eat. You, you need to put something in your stomach. You need to put something in your body. They were, they were hungry. They went into town to, to get this food. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, I have food that you know not of. In other words, the Lord knew how to feast on spiritual things that sustained him in the physical. And so when you and I begin to step out by faith and begin to operate in this place of, of, of fasting in our lives, I believe we can move from fasting to feasting spiritually. Now, here's the difference. I would encourage you, if you're going to do this fast, and I want you to do this fast with us, please please take the time to do this. We're all going to do it together. The lead pastors, the staff, we're all in. We're doing this. We do this every year. We want you, we invite you on this journey with us. And we just encourage you to do that. But here's the thing. When you when you begin to, to, to fast and you begin to pray and you begin to, to seek God, God begins to, to reveal himself to you. I don't want you just to skip a meal just to skip a meal, right? I want you to replace that meal with prayer and reading God's word. That's how you move in from fasting to feasting, is when you replace that meal. It becomes like a meal supplement. Come on, everybody knows what we're talking about with meal supplement. Everybody, you know, everybody's trying to drink some muscle milk and and, and, and powdered protein and all this other stuff, like you replace a meal and all of that kind of stuff that goes on. But I want you to try this. I want you to replace that meal or that item. If you don't do a meal, maybe you, maybe you do a meat or whatever it is that you happen to do. I want you to replace that with some prayer and Bible reading. I want you to do that because I believe that has the, that has the ability to change your focus. It has the ability to sustain you in the fast. But it also has the ability to open up God's blessing and favor on your life as you move into this direction of fasting. So I encourage you uh, to do that. Don't, don't just skip a meal. Even if you're at work and, you, and it's real busy, just pause for a second. Just maybe even with the verse of the day or something like that. And just pause for a minute and say, God, I, I, I fast this meal for you. And I'm asking that you 
you meet my needs and, and whatever it is that you're believing for, whatever it happens to be, and, and just pause for that minute. And if you have to keep going because of the work environment, it uh, doesn't allow you to really pause or you need to walk out to your car, whatever it is. But I want you to replace that meal with prayer time and with, and with Bible study and feed your spirit man. So I encourage you to do that. So throughout the Bible, there's multiple different kinds of fasts that, that take place. And so I'll just give you real quick uh, four four types of uh, fasts that we find in the Bible. First one is what we call a normal fast. That's just fasting from all foods except water. And we see Jesus kind of do this over in Luke chapter 4. So fasting is kind of a, a, an absolute, or not an absolute, but a, a fast except everything from water. Then there's a partial fast, which we see Daniel do. That's where we maybe remove some things from our diet, maybe uh, meats or sweets or something like that, and we, we fast that way. Then there's what we call an absolute fast. An absolute fast means I, I'm not doing anything, not even water. Okay, here's the thing about that. Uh, I, I want you to understand, you can go a while without food, but you can only go about maybe three days without water. So uh, I, I would just caution you in the absolute fast, all right? And so I don't, I, you know, I don't want to get a lawsuit or anything like that. So I have to caution you. Like this is a disclaimer. Like, you know, down in this, this advertisement, because I'm not an attorney spokesperson and all of that other stuff. So I so, uh, just want you to know that there is uh, an absolute fast, which is no water. And then there is what is called a supernatural absolute fast, where there's no water or anything. And we see Elijah and Moses actually do this uh, in the Old Testament. Again, this you need a clear word from the Lord on this. Uh, this is not something that is... Uh, expected uh, in, in your in your walk with the Lord, but I want you to understand these are the types of fasts that that people have done in the kingdom of God before, and so I just want you to understand that. But but whatever fast you choose to do, whatever it is that you choose to fast, I want you to know that there is a spiritual release that comes into your life when you step out in physical obedience. Okay, I, I know it doesn't make sense sometimes when the Bible says for us to raise our hands. Right? That's a physical act. Like, we don't always understand what's going on. But there is a supernatural spiritual release when I begin to lift my hands uh, in, in obedience unto the Lord. I may not understand when the Bible says for me to clap my hands. Uh, and I may not understand what, what, what's happening in the spirit realm. But there is a spiritual release that takes place in my life when I begin to step out in obedience. There, when, when the Bible says bow before the Lord, that is a physical act. That I bow down and, and I, 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 I recognize that I'm unholy, that God is holy, and I bow down in reverence. And, 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 you know, many times we sit there and go, well, you know, I don't need to bow down because I'm, I'm humble in my heart. Right? I'm humble in my heart. But there's something that happens, a spiritual release that happens in our life when we operate or when we step out in physical obedience. There's a spiritual releasing that takes place. And so I don't know what you need. Uh, to break in your favor. I don't know what you need as a spiritual releasing to take place in your life, but I believe if you step out with a physical obedience, God will meet you there at that point, and there will be a spiritual release. Maybe there needs to be uh, an addiction broken uh, in your life. I'm, I'm believing over this 21 days that, that souls are coming to Christ. I've got family members that need Jesus that I'm believing for. You know, I've been praying and believing for in years past. They've not come, but 2022 may be the year that they come to Christ. Come on. What is it that you're believing for? Do you need a supernatural uh, wisdom? Do you need supernatural empowerment? What is it? If you, if, you, 
if you're, if you're uh, struggling with really following Christ and you say, God, I want to really get wholehearted, I'm telling you, this is the place to begin. Start 2022 off right. Begin to set yourself up on the right direction. Whatever it is, I'm not looking to skip meals and fast just because I'm looking to skip meals. I want something from God. I've come to hear from God. I've come for my life to be changed. I've come to be more like Christ. That should be the desire. That should be the hunger, the appetite, the desire of our lives. And so we, we, we have to be willing to set aside some physical things to pursue God. Because there's a lot of things that compete for our attention. A lot of things that are calling out to us. A lot of things that, that, that want my attention, that cause me to drift. What is it that's caused you to drift? Think the Hebrews writer says, what is the sin that so easily besets us? What's the thing that I keep coming back to that separates me from God? What is that thing that I keep sidestepping? A little bit over, I'm getting pissed up the cameraman. He's trying to keep up with me, right? He's like, oh, where's he going? I'm not putting uh, So what is it that I keep drifting away to? What is it that, that keeps calling my attention? Once we, once we come over there. Whatever that is, I begin, to, I begin to tune that out. I begin to separate. Here's the thing. Fasting disconnects me from the world. Prayer connects me to God. Jesus said some things only come by prayer and fasting. There's a, that's a powerful combination. When I fast, I, I, I'm disconnected from the world. I begin to break off the things that kind of hold me and, and pull me back to the world. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of this triune nature, this triune being, right? Our body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit communes with God. Our soul communes with our spirit. And our soul communes with our body. Our soul is our mind and will and our emotions. And so the body over here is craving physical appetite. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. The spirit's over here going, this is what we're doing. This is where the word of the Lord is. This is where we're, we're, we're worshiping God. This is where he wants to lead us. This is where he wants to guide us. And then the soul is in the middle, our mind, will, and emotion, and it's going, hey, do I want to go with the spirit, or am I going to go with the body? And so when I begin to crush the body, begin to crush the appetite, and I'm, talking, I'm not just talking about food, I'm talking about uh, uh, spiritual, other, other uh, carnal or physical uh, desires, okay, other lusts, and when I say lust, I'm not talking about just looking at dirty pictures on the internet, come on. Lust is a very passionate desire, a strong desire for something. So when I begin to, to take and deal with the appetites and the desires and the lust that come against my body, my soul is able to begin to, be, to connect with the Spirit and hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to me. So, so we get this, this, this connectivity back to God. And so whatever it is, whatever we... Uh, are connected to, I just believe that the next 21 days is going to be a day, uh, or 21 days is going to be a, a time of change and a time of refreshing. And so Peter said, hey, repent and return so that there may be a time of refreshing. Some of us need to be refreshed. The last 24 months have been tough for some of us. It's been hard for many of us. And so we, 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 we're just grinding it out. We're just going out a day in and day out. And some of you are going, hey, 2022 doesn't look any different than 2021 does. 
It's kind of just the same thing. We're just kind of going through the, through the same cycle. But I believe it can be different. I can believe it can be different because when we begin to position ourselves to hear the voice of God in our lives, God begins to take and move us on the path and journey that he wants us on. There'll be hardships, there'll be difficulties, there'll be challenges, absolutely. But God's spirit and presence will be there with us all along the way. So I encourage you, what is it that you're fasting for? I've got to come up with some things. Come up with three or four things that you want and believe God to be uh, working on your behalf for. Here's the next thing I want to talk about. Is, is fasting a commandment? Is fasting a commandment? Well, in short, the answer is, is no. It's not like uh, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit murder, thou shalt not eat in the first couple of weeks of January. <laughs> All right? So it's, it's not a commandment like that. But it is a, 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 a biblical or uh, spiritual discipline in the life of a believer, right? And so, so if you look over what uh, Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 16, he says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they dis, uh, dis, disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received a reward in full. In other words, Jesus said, hey, the hypocrites go around and, and, and want, to, want everybody to know they're fasting. So they like, oh, you know, yeah, it's like this big struggle. God, oh, man, you wouldn't believe it's, it's 10 o'clock and I had not had my coffee today. I'm fasting. Yeah, yeah, I'm fasting. You ever heard it? Our church is doing 21-day fasting. Yeah? Look at me. Yeah? Look, I made it to 1030. Look at that. Oh, all that. Right? So, no, it's, 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 Jesus said, when you fast. Okay? So it's an assumption uh, that, that, hey, this is the life of, of, of the believer. When you do this, you're going to do it. When you do this, this is how you do it. Right? So he tells us how to do it. And then, of course, over in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says, that if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. If Jesus fasted, and Jesus is our model, then we pick up our cross and we follow after Christ. We become like him. So, so it's not a commandment, but it is a discipline of the faith. And I, I want to tell, tell you just... It, Basically, the disciplines of the faith are in two categories, okay? I, mean, I, mean, this is, I, I like studying and, and, and learning, and so, you know, one of my things in, in, in college is I really debated on being a teacher, right? And so that was one of my things because I just like thinking. And so I want to I teach you, there's, in your Christian faith, if you may not know this, there's basically two categories of disciplines, okay, in the, in the Christian faith. There's what is called the discipline of engagement, Okay, the discipline of engagement are things like worship. So this is where we engage God. So we engage God in worship, we're lifting up our hands and singing worship songs and, 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 and things like that. Then there's the, the engagement of fellowship. And so fellowship are things like coming to church. That's a discipline of the faith. Uh, being in a small group, that's a discipline of the faith. Believe it or not, you're going to be like, well, I thought that was just something we just made up a couple of years ago. No, it's a discipline of the faith. In fact... You're not really in, in, in fellowship with other people like uh, unless Jesus is the center of it, right? I can, I can be in community with my neighbors, and I remember when Nathan was in uh, T-ball and coach pitch and, and, and all this uh, baseball. I was in community with those, those people and parents on the, on the baseball team, but I wasn't in fellowship because fellowship is centered around Christ. And so fellowship becomes this, this place, a discipline in which I come back and I, and I meet in person uh, with, with other believers. I'm in a small group with other believers. And so 
that's part of one of the, the, the disciplines of faith. And so uh, some of the other things are prayer. Prayer is a discipline of faith, right? So we, we, we learn to, to engage God through prayer. We learn to engage God through Bible study. Right? Through personal Bible study or with, that, with other people. And so these are disciplines of engagement. But then there's also a second category called disciplines of abstinence. Disciplines of abstinence. And this is things like solitude. Right? This is, this is where I remove myself for a period so that I can go be with God. Right? It's, a, it's an abstinence with an engagement process. So I'm, I'm setting aside time to become in solitude to go be with God, to hear His voice, to, to clear my soul, my, my, my inward man, my mind, my will, and my emotions that get all messed up during the day. I go and I say, you know what, I need a place of solitude that I can hear from the Lord and I can be refreshed in His presence. Uh, so, so solitude is for a, a period of time. Now, Guys, don't use solitude as a way of going to your main cave, shutting the door, like that, keeping everybody out, and say, "Hey, I'm in solitude." Right? You'd be in solitary, but uh, you'd be, in, uh, you know, uh, don't don't do that. But solitude is one thing. Chastity is another. Chastity is another. Right? We don't hear that word much anymore. That's an old English word, but it's sexual purity. Right? That I abstain. From, from sexual activities because I am uh, my allegiance is to Christ and until I become married that is something that I abstain from right it is a discipline of the faith there there is a uh, abstinence of, of, of uh, sacrifice that's in my giving or going without yeah maybe I can't afford a, a third car or a new car but is that the right thing? Should I sacrifice for the kingdom of God so that the kingdom of God is somehow advanced? Do I really need a third home, maybe uh, when, when I've never done anything to, to bless any, anybody with letting them stay at my, my second home, right? Why would God give me more if I'm not, my, I'm not sacrificing or willing to use what he's already given me for his glory? So there's this, this abstinence of sacrificing, and of course the one we're talking about today, fasting. Is that we, we do away with food for a period of time so that we can seek the Lord. So there's these disciplines of the faith. And so this is what I want you to know about disciplines. Disciplines are not righteousness. Okay, so these disciplines of the faith do not make you righteous. They do not make me righteous. Our righteousness comes from accepting the finished work of Jesus Christ on the wall, uh, on the cross. His death, burial, and resurrection because the Bible says that our own righteousness, our own works are as filthy rags. In other words, we, we can never on our best day do enough to merit God's favor or His grace or His forgiveness. So He freely gives it to us. So disciplines of the faith are not righteousness, but they're this. Disciplines of the faith are a wisdom for you and I to become more Christ-like. We use these disciplines of the faith to become more like Christ. Maybe you know you're a Christian walk and you're frustrated and say, why am I not growing? Why am I not getting anywhere? Why am I not progressing in Christ? Maybe the question is, is how often do you practice the disciplines of the faith? Because the disciplines of the faith will always point you back to Jesus. Will always bring you back into fellowship with Him. Always bring you back into a relationship with God. Because there's so many other things that compete for our attention. And God's saying, hey, come over here. Pick up your cross, follow me, deny yourself, 
And there's going to be some things that you have to deny if you want to have this experience and this fellowship and this relationship with God. And finally, it says, what is the purpose of fasting? So we talk about fasting, we talk about fasting as a, a commandment, but what is the purpose of, of, of fasting? Is really fasting is, is what I call a, a, a physical emptying of yourself so that you can spiritually be filled. But the purpose of that is simply to know God. There's, there's, you know, a lot of other things that we fast for, but at the end, this is really where we need to be. It's simply in this, this relationship of knowing God, this intimacy with Christ, that as Paul says over in Galatians, that Christ be formed in us, that he be, he be uh, built in and informed that every part of me, you no longer see me, but you really see Christ. You see his character. You see his integrity. You see him living through me because Christ, uh, Scott is a dead man, but Christ lives within me. So I died a long time ago so that Christ may be formed in me. And so when I fast, that is what I want to do is to know Jesus. Can I tell you that fasting is one of the hardest disciplines of the faith for me? I get hungry. Hangry. Everything in between. I do. It is, it is one of the hardest things for me to do. I, I have not been able to, to grow in, in, the, in the sense of doing this regularly. Like, like I don't just go, oh, great, it's uh, February, I want to start another you know, time of fasting. Now, when I get down in January, I'm like, whew, whew, i got 12 months for to do that again. <laughs> right? Because it's very hard for me. And I'm just uh, being transparent. And it, it, that is one of the most difficult uh, things in my life that I've had to, to try to grow in is this area of fasting because I, I do. It's, it's, it's there. It sustains me. It keeps me going. It's the, it's the physical food that keeps me going, but I've had to learn that it's, it's Christ in me that sustains me and keeps me going and that he's working inside of me and moving inside of me. And if I really learn and get desperate and get hungry for God, he will show up in my life. And so that's really the... The, the, the primary purpose, but then there's other things, but when we fast, we align ourselves up with God, right? So, so we begin to, 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 to know what God's doing in the earth. We, we become sensitive to his spirit and what he's, what he's wanting to accomplish. Uh, I think a lot of times in our Christian walk, we're always walking one way and want God to simply bless what we're doing. Like, hey, over here, God, this is what I'm doing. It's, uh, you know, it's not illegal, so I want you to bless it. So that's good, right? Cool. Where God's saying, hey, I'm walking this way. I want you to walk this way with me. The favor comes with your obedience to me. And so a lot of times we begin to just, we begin to go our own direction and we're really wanting God to bless what we're doing. And God's saying, hey, I want you to come over here to what I've already blessed. And I want you to get in line with that. So I'm just believing that God wants to bless our city. God wants to bless our region. God wants to bless our state. God wants to, to, to bring about a revival and an awakening in our nation and around the world. And I, I, that's what I'm praying for. I'm, believe, I'm believing that there's a supernatural shift coming, not only to America, but around the world. That there is an awakening within the men and women, the boys and girls, the teenagers, 
that are coming to Christ and they say, I'm hungry for what God has because there is nothing in this world that can satisfy me. I'm tired of what the world has. And we've been eating the slop, as I said, of the, of the uh, prodigal son for so long, of, of, of entertainment and of sports and everything else. And, and so uh, we've just been sitting there and we've just been taking it in and taking it in. But I believe that, that God is calling out a generation of people that will say, you know what, I'm willing to give all that stuff away. I'm willing to get rid of it because I want to pursue Christ and Him only. And that's what I desire. That's what I, that's what I hunger for. And that's what I thirst for. That's what keeps me up at night. That's what I want the Holy Spirit to do in my life. Is that there would be a passion for the things of God. I don't want to get to 90 and 95 years old or however long God gives me on this earth and go, well, I never really saw him do anything uh, much different than what I saw when I was 18 years old or 19 and, uh, you know, a teenager in the church. Like, I, I don't want to come in and go, okay, well, they're going to do this many songs and I know this is going to happen and this is going to happen and, and uh, you know, Pastor Archer and Pastor Scott's going to get up and speak and, and that's what's going to happen and amen, we go home. No, I want, I want when you come to the house of the Lord, there's something different. There's something that's shaking. There's something that's going on. But there's a shift. And you have no idea what's going on inside that building. So you want to be here because that's where the presence of God is being manifest. And you have a hunger and a thirst. And you're willing to do whatever it takes to get the kids up early on time. And, and get everybody loaded up in the car. And get them to church because God is moving in that place. That's what I want. But the purpose of fasting is so that we know Christ. Basically, two categories of types of fast in the Bible is the fast of repentance and a fast for help. Fast for repentance, you can see over First Samuel, Samuel uh, calls, a, calls a fast. But you can also see over in Jonah where uh, the king of Nineveh, wicked king, God sent uh, Jonah to go talk to that, to that nation. And the king there calls for a fast. And he says, perhaps by fasting that God will relent of his anger and judgment against us. And he calls a fast for everybody, even the animals. Like, even little Tootsie and little, uh, uh, whatever you got, little Jojo or whatever your dog's name is and cat's name is, even they were not supposed to eat on this fast because it was a desperation repentance by the nation of Nineveh, by the place in Nineveh. And so, so and God in his mercy relents and he, and he and he, and he forgives Nineveh. And so, so, um, and so there's that. There's a, there's a fast for repentance, but then there's also a fast for help. That, that God comes along, or we come to God and we say, God, we need help. We don't know what to do in this situation. We need wisdom. And we can find this throughout Scripture. Uh, it might be in the app for you. But, but uh, there's times where we just say, God, I need supernatural wisdom in this, in this situation. I'm going to fast. God, I need a breakthrough. There's a stronghold in my life. Uh, God, there's a relationship barrier that is, is um, it, it's a struggle and I'm not able to, to get through and, and it seems like we're, we're, we're going to the opposite ends. God, I need a supernatural breakthrough. So, so it is a fast for help. Whatever it is, because there's a lot of repenting that we should, could be doing for our nation and for ourselves. There's a lot of things that we need help with. Whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a fast for repentance or a fast for help, whatever that happens to be in your life, I invite you to take this journey with us for the next 21 days. In many ways, I feel like Peter, kind of standing before you, and I'm saying to you, repent and turn to God 
So that times of refreshing may come to you and come to your family. I'm telling you, this will set the course for 2022. You don't have to wait till Easter. You don't have to wait till next Christmas. You don't have to wait till uh, things are just right and the music's just right and, you know, whatever things are going good. You can set the tone for your year right now at this moment by saying, God, I am choosing to pursue you for these next 21 days and for the remainder of this year. And I'm asking God that you come and meet with me. Would you do that with me? Well, let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I just thank you for this moment. Lord, we stand at this moment. It's, it's like a starting line, God. I just kind of see that in my mind. It's like a starting line. And we're all gathered to the front of the line. And Lord, we're waiting for that moment to just hear you say go. And so God, right now, as we stand at that line of what tomorrow and what 2022 holds for us, God, we know that you hold it all together. And God, I'm just asking right now that you would just begin to speak to people's hearts of what they are to to give up, or what they are to fast for, what they're to pursue. And God, I just ask that you would speak to our hearts right now, in just this moment, Lord, speak to our hearts. God, we want to know you. Lord, we're asking for, for salvation for our loved ones. God, we're asking that you uh, begin to break the chains of of, of wickedness in our nation and in our, in our world, Lord. We're asking that there be a great awakening and a revival and a move of God like never before. God, we just seek you. We hunger for you. So God, I, I just pray that you would create a supernatural appetite like we've never had before for the things of God. Supernatural appetite right now, God. I pray that you would do that. I pray, I pray you speak to every person. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to people. He's speaking to people right now of things that you need to let go of, things that you need to let go of permanently or maybe things that you need to abstain from over the next 21 days. I believe he's speaking to people online. You know, my youth pastor at a young age said this. He said, Scott, whatever you're willing, I'm not willing to give up is your God. If you can't give up your, your coffee, behold your God. If you can't give up your glass of wine at night because it settles your, your anxiety from a long day, then behold your God. Because what you hunger after is what you worship. So Father, right now I pray that you would just begin to challenge us, speak to us. God, we make ourselves available to you. Lord, we don't want average when we can have exceedingly abundantly above. So God, I thank you for this moment. Father, I bless you in this place. I bless you, Jesus. And you know, while we're here, maybe you've never began a relationship with God. Maybe you've, you've never had that, your sins forgiven. Maybe you've never repented as, as Peter says and, and you turned to God. Maybe you've never done that before. And I want to give you the opportunity to start 2022 off on a good foot. We had some people come to Christ in the first service, but I want to know if there's maybe someone in here today that you want to begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that you want your sins forgiven.
that you want to repent of your sins, if you're coming to Christ and you say, Scott, would you pray for me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to do anything like that. But I want to, I want to just introduce you to this God that loves you with an that I can pray with you. Is there one in here today? Thank you.